You're listening to Soundbite, a podcast that's food for your ears. I'm Celine Roberts. Today we'll be looking for an ark, and no, I'm not trying to get biblical on you. This ark is the Ark of Taste, a project from Slow Food that catalogs foods that face extinction all over the world. Hi, Celine. I'm Jennifer Breckner. I am the chair of Slow Foods Midwest Arc of Taste Committee, which is a group of volunteers working on behalf of Slow Foods Arc of Taste, which is a living catalog of delicious and distinctive foods that face extinction. I've been a volunteer with Slow Food for about eight years, served for four on the Chicago chapter, and then for the last three years I've been with the Midwest Arc of Taste Committee. I'm also a lead events ambassador at Brooklyn Brewery, but for the Chicago market. And I am such a fan of craft beer and it's a great it's a great job to be able to go out into the market and basically be that person who says, Hi, would you like to try some beer? So basically what you're telling me is you have a combination of a great volunteer position and a great job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel really grateful. It all kind of comes together. I have an art background, an art history background, and for a decade worked at the Art Institute and then was really, I've always been really obsessed with food and in culture in a larger sense. It sort of happened that through the arts, I came upon slow food. I did some research on the Italian futurists years and years ago who were operating the early 20th century, they're an avant-garde art group um, in Italy, doing things like creating their own restaurant, they have a cookbook, and they have a lot of manifestos. And that's how I came upon Slow Food, is that the Slow Food manifesto uh, that was created in the late 1980s when Slow Food was forming is in part refuting certain things that the Italian futurists put out, such as they, you know, they were a group that loved to embrace speed. They were about the future, about destroying the institutions of the past. And slow food, you know, sort of at the end of the 20th century was saying, hey, let's slow down um, and let, you know, traditions not all that bad. Let's think about, you know, slowing things down and, uh, gathering around a table and eating delicious food and, uh, you know, supporting a system that's good, clean, and fair, which is our, our sort of motto. It's interesting that you mentioned Italian futurism because I know that Arc of Taste as a side project of Slow Food started in Italy. So the Arc of Taste came out of, I think, one of the first Terra Madre gatherings and Terra Madre is Slow Food International's Biennial Food Conference. It's an amazing, amazing experience. Um, I was a two-time delegate representing uh, the U.S., and you get to go over there and you meet people from all over the world, you know, beekeepers in Iraq, uh, tea farmers in Africa. These are the the small-scale farmers, um, and people come from all over the world. The chef, uh, Jamie Oliver, calls it the Olympics of food. And so born out of that um, 
became the arc of taste, and it was the fact that people came together and were interested in saving sort of foods, realizing that um, we were losing so much, that industrialization was favoring certain types of produce and certain types of fruits, and all that effort was going into a sort of global food system. And so from this conference came this idea that we needed to come together and save, you know, our heirlooms in terms of our, our food system. And so the Ark of Taste was sort of grown out of that. Since the Ark of Taste is a compilation of all of these foods that are being lost or in danger of being lost, who decides which foods qualify to be a part of this project? There are over... 3,500 products worldwide. In the U.S., I believe now we have nearly 250. And the arc of taste, in a global sense, comes out of the arm of Slow Food International that's called the Slow Food Foundation for Biodiversity. And um, and then through, in the U.S., uh, we operate through uh, Slow Food USA. And there are, I believe, six regional committees and we're all volunteers, people very passionate about slow food. And we, so anybody can, can nominate something. You know, there are certain sort of things that need like some general guidelines. You know that a food for slow food always tastes good, but that's in a cultural context. So something from one culture could taste uh, not so good to another culture, but that doesn't mean that it's not worthy of being on the arc of taste. But these are items that are at risk of extinction or underappreciated. Uh, they have the potential to be sustainably produced. Um, they have a regional, cultural, or ethnic importance, and that their source is small, independent producers. And so they're items that need to have a history of at least 25 years. And that, that's in particular in the U.S., um, because our food system is very much different than, say, Italy's. Um, and anyone can nominate something, and there's a nomination form on the website. And then that goes through Slow Food USA, and then they reach out to the regional committee that they feel best can evaluate this. And we always suggest that even if you're an individual putting through a nomination that you work with a, your local chapter, to just make sure that your application is as full as possible. And then we meet as a committee. We have uh, monthly phone calls, and we have people from all over the Midwest. And we talk about these nominations. We really try to work with people to help them nominate. And then we sort of say, you know, yes, we have this criteria, and yes, it passes this. And then it goes on to Slow Food International, they sort of look it over, and then, um, you know, if they give it the thumbs up, it gets nominated, and, or it gets boarded. Why is it important for people to think about these foods, and why is it important for the Ark of Taste to exist? Well, you know, this idea of biodiversity is so important because we, we have so many species of plants, um, breeds that we've lost, um, you know, sort of production methods that because they are not economically viable in a global food system, 
we're losing that. And we're losing our, our history, our heritage. We're losing a lot of diverse flavors. Um, there's close to 7,000 species of plants, for example, that have been cultivated as food crops worldwide. Um, and 200 or so species of mammals, birds, reptiles, fish, etc., that have been raised on farms and ranches. However, we just have 103 crop plants and seven livestock species that feed the world. You know, one example of this is an example that has uh, been in the news in the last year or so is the Cavendish banana. And it's the banana that everybody knows. You know, bananas are one of the oldest fruits in the world. And there are hundreds of varieties available, but 96% of the bananas available on the global market are Cavendish. And so you might say, well, so what? Maybe they're the best banana. But then, you know, people started talking about that those bananas were getting a fungus. And some scientists were saying in 10 years, we might not have any bananas. And I think that stopped me in my tracks. I mean, it certainly, we're just so used to being able to pop down to a convenience store and grab a banana, something that we use every day to think that we might not have that because we've focused all of our effort on one type of banana is worrisome. And I think as, as we think about climate change and how we adapt to that, but we also think about the importance of our different histories and our different communities. Each community has, you know, foods and beverages and ways of production that they have cultivated. So it's, it's about our survival as a species, but it's also about who we are as human beings and what ties us to our, our history, both our own personal history and then, you know, a larger sense of, you know, what it means to be human. That's a lot for one project to take on. <laughs> but it's really good work to be doing. I got pulled into the Arc of Taste because I went down an internet rabbit hole as you can do. <laughs> and uh, I spent about three hours looking through a lot of the products that were listed. And the thing that really blew me away about it was that it hit on these things that I, I tend to really care about most, which is the history behind food and the way that it shows human history and our, our changing tastes and our, our changing ways of living. I think so many of these foods are... You know, it used to be cultivated through community agriculture. And as we've moved into a more industrialized agricultural period, I think we've lost a lot of the connection that we have with eating and as a result of losing the stories. So I'm glad that Arc of Taste exists to remind us all that it's not just calories that we're putting in our mouths. It's the tale of human struggle to feed our families. And that's really powerful. I, exactly, exactly. And I think that to me is also why, why I fell in love with slow food. That, you know, it's interesting to think about how slow food sort of operates in a different manner in different countries. And, you know, to think about how different it is here in the U.S. where, uh, say then, you know, in Italy, where... Italy has this knowledge of, of their food ways. I think what is important to me, one of the things that's important to me about the Arc of Taste is that it reminds 
Americans that we have food waste because I think that people think our food waste are fast food restaurants and eating over a desk, and that's not true. And because this is a tool for everybody, so while we work with chefs and we work with food historians and people that know more about seeds than I ever will, it's also about you and your kitchen and seeking these things out and, you know, participating in a community garden or you have something on your back porch and that it's open and accessible to all, even if you're just an eater, you like to eat, that we all have a part in it. And then when you look at things, like we have a, a wild rice that is both on the Ark of Taste and then it's on Presidia, which is a program through Slow Food International, um, where we bring people growing these things, these small-scale farmers, um, you know, people doing sort of traditional ways of production that are no longer economically viable. And we bring them together and, and we find ways to support them, you know, whether that's financially, whether it's with marketing help, whether it's with setting up a structure of communication, whatever they need, we sort of bring people together. And we have, um, we have this, Manuman wild rice presidia here in the U.S. and it's in the Great Lakes region, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Ohio. And this rice, wild rice, is the only grain that's native to North America. And and I'm going to butcher this name, and I apologize, (laughs) but the Anishinaabeg people are the custodians of this wild rice, and then also the Menominee and the Sioux also care for it, but. They go out into canoes, two people in a canoe, and they harvest the rice that way. And then they set the seeds out in the sun to dry, or they will dry them over a slow fire. This is a production method that they've handed down for as long as they've been in existence. What a shame if we would lose that. That's so tied into their culture. It's how they see they are as a people, you know, what they sort of contribute the food landscapes is very important to them and then I think it's also important to us too and it's also a delicious rice and I think it it ties into these larger issues this very much is about things that we're doing to the earth and things we're doing food wise that are ruining people's way of life and in the process then we're erasing all of our history and who we are as a people I mean I agree with you and the Ark of Taste, you could just research the Ark of Taste and you will get down that rabbit hole. I've been there myself. <laughs> but it's also kind of a great place to be because you discover all of these stories. But the food is a way to learn about our history. I get so excited about that. And I love talking to people about that because I think it's this way that it connects us. It's the way I want to be connected over dinner. <laughs> <laughs> For more soundbite, visit our archives at www.pghcitypaper.com or subscribe to City Paper Podcasts on iTunes. Come along with me and rescue wasted food with 412 Food Rescue or explore the world of biodiversity with Simran Safety. Check out the Ark of Taste at www.slowfoodusa.org to see what wonderful foods you may have been missing. Until next time, cook merrily and eat heartily.